for tuning in to the HR Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Lucinda Carney. The HR Uprising is focused on helping forward-thinking people professionals deliver real lasting value in their organizations. I'm a chartered psychologist, speaker, and trainer, and recently authored the best-selling business book, How to Be a Change Superhero. My day job is founder and CEO of software and training business, Actus. This gives me the opportunity to work with other businesses like yours. We are focused on building a better workplace for people wherever they are located with the help of our performance, learning and talent management software and our training and consultancy services. Every week on the podcast, I will be covering different topics and challenges joined by relevant experts and real life people professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoy and get value from this week's episode. and welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast. And this week, I'm talking to Nicholas Rion. He's a personal and professional relationship coach, and he supports individuals in terms of building strong, healthy and sustainable relationships with a particular expertise focusing in on building healthy relationships with conflict or conflict relationships, which I think many of us feel uncomfortable about. So I was really keen to have this conversation with him. Nicholas, thank you so much for joining me this week on the HR Uprising podcast. Would you like to add to your bio? It's always better if I hear it from the individual themselves absolutely thank you and thank you for for having me listen that um uh yeah it's just um as a summary just working uh with individuals uh professionals um and leaders etc and helping them in particular with personal and professional relationships and i have a specialty in um helping them build uh, relationships that make any conflict easy to solve uh, so I've I have um, I have a mission on my uh, on mind that is um, making uh, conflict pain free. And that's an, that in itself is an interesting. I mean, before we perhaps go into why you've got that mission and and how you do that, um, how would you define conflict? Or when people come to you with conflict, is there a consistent view of it? Uh, no, there there isn't. The um, the way I define it. Uh, for the sake of you know the, the people I work with, um, conflicts are essentially um, any disagreement, uh, conversation, debate uh, that becomes uh, bigger because not solved, and and uh, somehow harder to uh, to solve and and painful at some point. And why it's painful is because uh, at at some point it starts. Uh, involving emotions and that's where that's where it usually gets um uh painful i mean it's interesting uh one of the things i've noticed uh, in terms of even if you think in your family um some personality types appear to be just that much more comfortable with more direct communication um and depending on the other person it's just like almost a style difference can feel like conflict uh, and I can see you're nodding there. Would you say that's something that causes some of the problems? And one person doesn't realise that there's conflict, and the other person is interpreting it badly. Yes, I think absolutely. So, uh, so you've got a spectrum of of um, um, whether you are in conflict avoidance, uh, so like you just don't want to have, you don't want to do um, anything about it. 
Um, and then you've got the conflict in the sense of I want to fight every, you know, every single conflict I'm going to have, right? And there is a, a whole spectrum and people land in, in, in a different kind of um, um, side of the spectrum. Uh, why I was noting is because um, there's there's a story about this. Um, long story short, uh, I come from a, a family of farmers. I don't know if you know anything uh, about farming or the context behind that. Well, my best friend's married to a farmer, but I'm not sure whether that's going to add anything. Okay, so I'm <laughs> going to try to make sure I, I don't say anything bad about that. No, uh, I come from a family of farmers in Burgundy, so France, uh, farmers and, and wine producers. The, the typical thing about this type of um, world, of context or environment, um, is that we they're very close to the land um, and very uh, grounded. And and usually have a more difficulty with the expression of uh, emotions um, and uh, communication, right? This is what I found in in, the, in my environment, at least. Um, and why I'm saying that is because I grew up, um, I, I lost my mother when I, when I was 12. And so from there, um, I struggled on with uh, expressing myself and and with conflict because um, there was very much um, my my family on that side was very much um, conflict prone so like fighting and and, and teasing etc and I I just decided I didn't want to do uh, anything about it I just went into conflict avoidance um, and I did that for ten years I just wanted to fit in the relationship. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to be uh, whoever they wanted me to be, basically. And that's why I avoided uh, all, all the conflicts, right? What happened, though, is uh, I, I avoided it so much that I was uh, completely, you know, uh, I ended up far away from who I am, really. And uh, in my early 20s, I, I started to have problems with that anxiety and um, depression and all that. And so I realized that actually... It's not the way we, we need to do this. And it's actually, you need to stand up for yourself. Um, and, and, but I didn't want to be like them in uh, more into a fight mode. So I try to find the middle ground in between, right? Which is where um, what I do now nowadays comes from. And that's quite interesting. There's loads of things I probably want to go down a rabbit hole with with you. So I'll try and avoid that. But um, just in terms of, the the point that you made really is it wasn't that you were just being sort of chilled and laid back you were actually avoiding the conflict and so therefore does that mean you feel that you internalized it which is why it linked to things like depression and anxiety it had negative effects for you yes because you essentially you know we all um we are all born with needs and values obviously those change or their priority uh, change throughout our lives but if we, if we don't respect them if you don't respect your own needs um, you have a very strong sense of uh, you know anxiety and and you're working against against yourself essentially and that leads to um, unhappiness and distress and and all that and also where my brain's gone I don't know if this feels the same way is that some people um, bear grudges you know, you could have it, it's almost like they internalize something and then, but they keep on, they don't 
they don't sort of fight back they don't say how they feel they don't ask to get their needs met but they fester um on on mm. the conflict or something and so they have a grudge and actually the, the whole thing there is they're actually probably causing more stress internally to themselves exactly. The way I was saying it is more, uh, it, it, you can have that, absolutely. I think it's a slightly different for me. It was more, um, it's my fault. Mm. I should be like this, or I should be like that. I should be more like this, or I should be more like that. And um, and that puts a lot of pressure uh, on you to do that. So if we take that then into the workplace, because your experience and, you know, I, I, I think we've all gone into family relationships. I'm thinking about my daughter, who's very in your face and gets a, gets the conflict out there and you almost she's overt with it. But she gets things done and dusted. But she does have some painful um, experiences mm. along the way. But, um, you know, there's pros and cons to all these styles and perhaps she could learn to soften it a bit or choose her battles. So all yeah. of these, are, you know, we're all people. If we then take this and think about this in the workplace, because you're obviously working with professionals in business, what do you see? You know, because actually, it is one of those things. It's a transferable skill or not, isn't it? Okay, you're not going to jump up and down, hopefully, shout and scream like you might do with a sibling at home mm -hmm. in the workplace. But actually, people do fester. Uh, they perhaps don't ask for their needs. Uh, you know, how would you say this translates in terms of people's style? Um, yeah, so especially in the UK, I think you would you would not find people screaming. Um, I've seen it in in other um, uh, in companies in other countries. Uh, maybe in France, it would compare. There's a bit more uh, expression of that, but not not in the UK for sure. The way it translates is going to be more. Um, um, an underlying anger and passive aggressive attitude um, and also um, um, kind of blaming really strong strong blaming yes. um, you you wouldn't uh, people wouldn't uh, scream but you would have like really quite quite aggressive or tense tone um, which makes the conversation really really uh, painful I'm thinking where, where I've thought that this, where I've worked with certain organisations where they've had issues with things like bullying and harassment and blame. And often there's quite a blame culture in that kind of environment because people are not letting things out and they're not solving things. But there's a, um, you know, there's, it is covert conflict. And, and sometimes there's lots of banter that's not banter if you think about microaggressions, mm. all that sort of stuff. So it's all kind of quite subtle, eye rolling, but it's, it's, covert conflict which is actually probably even harder to deal with than um, exactly. overt exactly there's also this um because culturally there's a um quite a bit of sarcasm in humor yeah and then sarcasm can be kind of double-edged so it can be uh well well taken or it can be really really wrong um essentially the, the way the way you can picture it is People either um, don't say anything and just like um, uh, internalize it all the way and never, never break, but they're just unhappy or uh, they can, um, you know, just explode. And the way they explode, they can come up differently, but they explode, they do explode, right? What I'm trying to um, to teach people and to help people with is, uh, you can't you can't be on either of the extreme 
and that's not going to work. One is not going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. And this, the second is, is not going to be others happy and, and neither you, right? Because when you explode, you're probably not very well either. Um, but there's a middle ground where you can actually express yourself and you need to express yourself and you need to stand out for yourself. You need to be assertive. You need to, um, you need to be, um, let's say honest with yourself, um, and with others. Um, you need, you also need to be vulnerable and, and to engage or engage other and et cetera. So there are many things that you can do, um, to avoid exploding at some point, right? Um, if you don't, and, uh, if you, if you explode, that's where we talk about, well, you know, how do you think that your team is going to react if you lead them and you explode at some point, the engagement is going to drop. That's for sure. Um, they, they, the trust is gonna is gonna drop as well, right? They will start looking at protecting themselves. They will put all their energy into protecting themselves rather than trying to you know deal with the with the job with the work that there is to do. So it's kind of a fear, isn't there? So busy protecting ourselves because we're fear of the impact of the conflict or what's going to happen. Uh, so one of the things. Um, I don't know whether this is, you can tell us in a moment about how you work with people in terms of conflict. But one of the things that I think is interesting, in my experience, when I, when we've talked about models of building effective teams, that you think about the five dysfunctions of a team, Lencioni's work um, and Norming, Storming, Tuckman model, uh, they actually talk about if you're building a team that storming is a healthy part of a team development. And I think that's a really useful um, mindset for lots of people to recognize to acknowledge that that conflict is not mm-hmm. necessarily negative but it's quite hard when it's in one-on-one and in a team you can almost sort of stimulate it or try and get people to talk about it um, and I also think it's perhaps harder in a virtual environment because you're restricting the talking that's going on um, a lot of the time you're talking in a, in a linear way so I feel like maybe the opportunity for healthy conflict to take place maybe is reduced I don't know yes. what that plays into what you're talking about. Um, yeah, so there's kind of two parts of uh, of what you just said. I'm going to answer the first part, um, which is about um, healthy conflicts. Uh, there's there's one thing that I always say um, is if it if the conflict is painful, um, that means that your relationship is not ready for it. Right. Um, and there's, there's two ingredients, only two that I think are the most important in a relationship to make it ready for a conflict. It's, um, trust and mutual respect. The amount, and that's all kind of, uh, dependable, which means that, uh, the amount of, um, trust and mutual respect that you're going to have in a relationship, the more you have, the, the higher the conflict you can have. Right. It's very simple. So if you have a conflict that is very high, but you don't have much mutual respect and trust, that's going to be painful. Yeah. Right. So make sure you, you prepare your relationship. And when you say like, okay, so we are in a storming mode. We want to have conflicts and conflicts are good. Yeah. They are a healthy conflict. Make sure you prepare your relationship for it. Right? So how make would you sure do that? that- how would you do that with a parent, your relationship? Yes. Yeah, so um, 
that's where uh, I I built basically a um, a framework um, of it's I call it the ten habits of successful relationships, and in there you have uh, plenty of um, you have ten habits basically they are divided in three groups, and they help you build this type of relationship, right? It's not really complicated. I can go through through that very quickly. Um, the first part is about emotional intelligence, and um, so that's the self awareness and self management um, part, which is you know understanding your needs, um, the your values, and and uh, how they impact you, what emotions you're having, and then managing those in the sense of okay, right now I'm frustrated. Is it part of a conversation or is it something that I can put aside and deal with later? Yeah. And so that's the emotional intelligence. And the second part is more about how you approach the relationship, which is there are many habits in there. There is um, how to do do you develop um, vulnerability? Um, How do you develop transparency, curiosity? How, you know, curiosity is all about. listening to the other person and where they're coming from with curiosity with the aim to understand right not to uh, be right but to understand um there is also engage the other and and the learning mindset right so there are all those habits that are all about um just shifting the way you approach the relationship right and the third one is uh, more into the actions so specific situations like having a difficult conversation, for example, or giving feedback, um, challenging the uh, the relationship, all that is more is more specific situations, right? Um, so you take all those habits, and um, you can work on them. And the way you're going to develop a, a trusting and mutual, mutually um, with mutual respect. Um, relationship, uh, you're going to build it this way. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the model. So I just say, so it is about self awareness to start with. So knowing your natural response or otherwise, um, yeah. and being prepared to therefore adapt it um, as you need. So all of that sort of area, and then it was developing vulnerability. So being open, I suppose, and vulnerability, transparency, curiosity, and a learning mindset. Was yeah, your- and there's also. Um, um engage the other and uh, one very important which is assertiveness uh-huh yeah yes because it is the, it's, it's not just about being vulnerable and and taking it on you you also have to state your needs as well so it's listening it's yeah. listening to the other person's needs properly and stating your own and then exactly. having the skills to be able to provide feedback and be challenging but without being confrontational i'm guessing so using that assertiveness to be able to yes so the amount of confrontational that you can have it depends will depend on the trust that that you have right yes um and, I, how, and how I'm, much respect you have for the other person and exactly and exactly it's safe to do that that the relationship will still be that you know that you feel this mutual respect it makes a lot of sense Exactly. There is, I think, the, the, a good way to illustrate that because I've seen relationships in my life. I, I love um, observing relationship and, and how people interact with each other. And I've seen relationships really where um, it was a lot of friction, a lot of friction. But at the end of the day, those two people loved each other. 
and they did that because there was a lot of mutual respect and trust and they did that for each other right that's not something that i could do but if they if that relationship worked for them then so be it yeah the best way you can illustrate that is um is a climbing rope i don't know if you've ever done rock cry rock climbing no i've seen i think i know what you mean the partnership of Belaying, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, the relationship is the rope between the two people. It's not only one person, and at each uh, side of the rope, it's like the rope. You need to maintain that rope. You need it to be flexible. You need it to be strong. You need it to be well maintained. You need to trust that rope with your life. Yeah. It's the same thing for a relationship. A relationship is not about one person or the other. It's about the agreement. The you know, unsaid agreement that there is between the two. I did. I, I think that's, I mean, it, it seems obvious, but then do we even think about it? This whole sense that if conflict is painful, it means your relationship is not you know, strong enough, as it was your wording, wasn't it? So so it, when you're working with people who've got conflicts, um, this is this is one of the approaches you do. You, you work on how they think about analyze their relationship. Do you analyze or diagnose the relationship and then work on the conflict? How would you work with somebody? I usually, um, you know, the the theory, the, the, um, the statement is: if it's painful, then your relationship is not ready for it. Right. The way to make it ready is to look at those ten habits and which one do you think is the one that you can work on first. If someone tells me, uh, oh, I'm good at all of them, there's a, probably a, um, a question of um, awareness, right? Yeah, we all, <laughs> it's not, it's not you, you, you mastered it or you didn't. Yeah. I, I work on all those habits every single day. Um, it's, it's just, you know, getting better and better as, as we grow. And so there's no, you're good or you're not. Um, but there's definitely, you know, some that you want to develop more than others. How would you, so obviously we've got HR people listening to this, my people who are managers listening to this. So this is, if we're talking from someone who's saying, actually as an individual, I want to improve this conflict, but what, how, how could you use this? Uh, if you are a line manager and you're aware that there is, a problem with people in your team um so it's slightly outside of you have you got any advice as to how to approach those sorts of situations mm. so you mean two people that are not you yes right? yeah yeah i think the role of a manager um and i, I know that because i was before uh is is to coach people into um into you know being better uh um, leaders or uh, better at what they do um, so part of that is helping them with you know conflicts potentially and relationships um, so it's the same thing it's exactly the same the difference is um, you know working on your own skills you help someone working on their on their own skills and then you can present the same model right so you, yeah. you actually would get them to talk through it separately or together and and um yeah, I mean, would you confront the conflict, if you like, though, if it was a covert conflict? I think that it depends on the awareness of, of a person, right? Um, the, the particularity of conflicts is um, that it's a little bit um, taboo, I would say, maybe. 
um, people tend to be to say, "Oh no, I don't have conflicts." When you're like, okay, you see their relationship, you clearly see that they have, but because we do have different um, notion of what a conflict is, right? Um, and a lot of people think that conflict is normal, which it is, but it shouldn't be painful. Yeah. Um, the uh, the point of that is, it depends on the awareness, right? But if someone, uh, let's say I'm a manager of someone that is con- constantly into conflicts, and the feedback that they get is that um, you know they they are often you know criticizing or blaming others or uh, not having constructive um, uh, conversations so if the feedback they gather is this type of feedback then i would say okay we need to we need you to um, work on this feedback particularly and that involves relationships right yeah how to get better at relationships because this is, this is clearly something that you you're missing in your professional development right are you are you uh, do you agree or not right and if that is the case then we can start with that we can start from the relationship angle right sure so it's, it's, easy, it's using the same model, but it's actually using your coaching skills to try and uh, help people to build that awareness about this and how important yeah. it is to build those relationships and to, to hold the mirror up, if you like, to themselves. Yeah. Feedback feedback is going to be the first angle, the first um, um, port of entry. Yeah. Okay. One of the things we talked about just before we came on, and I'm not sure whether we've actually already covered it indirectly, that I've not heard of. You said you were actually you were actually trained in something called um, nonviolent communication. What, what was it called? I've, I've, I can't remember. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, non yeah. nonviolent communication, which uh, is interesting because when uh, when you say nonviolent communication, people say, "Oh, I'm not violent. I don't communicate violently." There's another way um, of saying it's compassionate communication. Okay. Yeah, uh, but the the uh, trademark name is nonviolent communication. It was a book um, and some kind of framework built by Marsha Rosenberg, uh, who was a, an American psychologist, and there is a training around it. So essentially, it's all about um, self-expression of um, emotions, needs. Uh, so it's how do you uh, communicate with someone else? How do you communicate your needs um, and uh, the emotions that come from needs not fulfilled? Um, and how do you work each other uh, to fulfill those needs, right? Um, so the long story short is basically you start with, um, I'm expressing my feelings. This is how I feel, frustrated, um, angry or sad or whatever. This is why I have a need, a need of stability, a need of security, a need of, um, you know, any, any need that you might, you might have. Um, and if I want to uh, solve this need, f- fulfill this need, this is what I need you to do, right, specifically. Okay. And uh, the other person might be um you know not really good at expressing themselves etc they might feel um, blamed and so what you do is that you listen to what their needs are what their feelings are and and you ask them what is it exactly that i can do right 
it's going going down to needs and feelings rather than the judgment yeah. and the blaming right yes I feel um, muted going actually this is what I need is yeah exactly so this is and there's a phrase that actually um uh, that kind of changed my life um it's uh you are not responsible for the other person's feelings mm -hmm. um you're responsible for yours so if you have feelings no one else is responsible for them you are um the other um the other the only thing that others are potentially responsible for they don't have to but they can is your is fulfilling your needs right people around you have a possibility an opportunity uh, to fulfill your needs but they don't have to no if they want to and they know yeah, what they exactly. are exactly okay great so it's interesting i don't i didn't i hadn't heard of it but the model it sounds like it's a sort of counseling model like a therapy model you can imagine or, or the relationship therapy i can imagine people being taught how to do that um talking that i think it's it's quite useful um so I, I guess in in summary, really, you're saying it's not really about the conflict. It's about making sure that if we focus on having really healthy, high trust relationships and high self-awareness, modeling the 10 habits of successful relationships that we've talked about, then actually you're probably going to prevent the pain of conflict, if you like. So you might have healthy conflict or conflict where it's, it's in a good way. And it, a lot of it comes down to a lot of it comes down to communication, but starting with that listening first, almost so understanding, and it's not listening to the feeling. It's well, it's listening to what people need or the needs behind the feelings. Yeah, it's listening to yourself first, right? So it's listening, understanding what's going on in you, uh, because I think that's, you know, I I started this because essentially um, I realized that it's not it's not difficult. The only problem that we have is we're not educated this way. No one at school or in our parents, poor, poor parents, uh, they probably have no clue about this. Um, but they, no one told us like, oh, you know, what are your needs? What are your feelings and, and, and all that? Um, but essentially, that's not really hard, but we didn't, we were not educated that way. Yeah. So what I realized is this prevents us from having, you know, healthy relationships and, and fulfilling relationships. And professionally speaking, you know, it, it blocks engagement um, and it blocks careers and, and all that, right? And I'm thinking, well, there's something to do here because like if only people knew that there's a simple solution to that, then they would probably, you know, they'll probably find this useful. Absolutely. Yes. So it blocks relationships and, and happiness and, and, and so many things really for people, isn't it? Um, not, doing, not having that honesty and that self-awareness. So, um, so Nick, if anyone wanted to, if people wanted to get in touch with you to find out a bit more about what you do or work with you, um, how would they find you? Yeah, so uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I also have a website, so nicholasrian.com. Um, also, the, the 10 Habits of Successful Relationships are a um, document that is done, you can download from my website. Um, you will be on my uh, mailing list, so you will receive news from me as well. Um, it's free. It's absolutely, um, 
you know, available to everyone. And, uh, and yeah, otherwise on, on LinkedIn, just uh, contact me, have a, have a chat. I'm always happy to uh, have a conversation. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for being on the HR Uprising podcast. I'll put all those details in the show notes as well so that people can just go there um, and download them. Thank you, Nelson. It was an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you. I really hope you found this week's episode useful and enjoyable. If you did, perhaps you could recommend us to a friend or colleague or give us a review on your platform of choice. It really helps new listeners to find us. Now you can access links to any of the information mentioned in this show via the website www.hruprising.com. Further free resources are also available at www.actus.co.uk. There you can also find out more about our software and training solutions. Finally, why not join our LinkedIn group, The HR Uprising, to share ideas and collaborate with other like-minded people professionals. Thank you for listening to The HR Uprising podcast.